Hello and welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're always so encouraged to know that God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send a message to lifechange at hopecityonline.net. Now, let's prepare our hearts for a powerful message out of God's Word. seen the House of Cards on TV and you've been aware of that. You know what's going on there. And, and so in the, in the sense of House of Cards, when you look at, at a house that's built by cards, just like right here, if you pull one of those cards out, the entire house falls. And so when we look at our lives and we look at our family, and sometimes we're going to say, hey, everything looks really good. And on the outside, we're all smiles. But when we get into our house and we close the doors, something changes and we're different. Because we built, we, sometimes we built our families on the wrong values. We want to look good on the outside, but it's not important what's on the inside. And so what happens is when one thing begins to struggle with, within our family, we all fall apart. We yell and scream at each other. We doubt each other. We lack trust. Doesn't matter if it's the parent looking at the child or the child looking at the parent or spouses looking at each other or even brothers and sisters. If our homes are not built on key core values, then how can we stand? And so we're doing this series to help us to to build strong families. To help us have a strong family. And so the whole, the big idea for the entire series is this. That strong families don't happen by accident. They are built on purpose. We have to be intentional. We have to be intentional in how we build our families. And what we do with them. The things that we put into place. The choices that we make. And you heard Pastor Robbie say last week that one key value for a husband and wife is that love is a choice. It's not a feeling. Those feelings will go away. Feelings will bounce up and down. Feelings will deceive us. But love is a choice that we make to stand strong and be together. And if you missed that message, I encourage you to go back and I encourage you to to listen to that on our podcast and you can hear all of that from Pastor Robbie. But but making these choices in our values is so crucial and we sometimes blow right by them and we, we neglect them because we, for a marriage relationship, we fall in love very quickly. And then when the feeling goes away, we look and we go, I don't love you anymore. I guess I've fallen out of love. And we haven't worked on it. We haven't developed it. We haven't allowed Christ in us to change us to be able to work through that relationship. So these values are important and crucial in all that we do. And so today we're going to talk about, as we continue to talk about family, we're talking about parenting. And, and in terms of how parenting, how we deal with our kids, and you're sitting there saying, you know, hey, I don't have kids. I'm not going to have any kids. 
You know, hey, I'm just now in school. I'm still in middle school. And listen, I want to let you know this really applies to where you are and what's going on in your life. Because this is all about influencing. Because as a parent, we desire to have influence in our life. Now, for me, in my life, there was a time as we, as we were, were parenting and working with our kids that our kids were young. And I got a, pic of, a picture of my, my family when we were young. Can you throw that up on the screen for me? That'd be really good. Yeah, aren't those two kids cute? I'm telling you, that little girl's got daddy wrapped around her finger. No absolutely doubt about that. And that boy, Jimmy, he's got a grimace on him that he is sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Now, when my kids were this age, this was really fun because we, we, we developed our kids and we worked with our kids and we tried to, you know, we tried to get them to, to, to do what we told them to do. We struggled with that. And so... We went, we got books and we read because both of my kids are strong-willed kids. I don't know about you. Anybody got strong-willed kids here? There you go. You know what I'm talking about. And so we started reading, started trying to figure all that out. And so one of the things, this was really neat. We developed, we found out about this little thing called a contract. And that's a lot of fun. And a contract is where you actually sit down with your child and you negotiate a contract. Yeah, you do. You negotiate a contract. And this is what's really cool because if they don't do what they're supposed to do, then they lose certain privileges. And you don't have to get your blood pressure up. You don't have to yell and scream. You just go, hey, you broke the contract. I'm sorry. And I'm really sorry if it's my night to play Call of Duty with you, Jimmy. But hey, I really hated it when he broke the contract on those nights. Or the night that is supposed to be movie night with my daughter, Catherine, and, and we miss a Barbie flick. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, you know, those, we set those, we did those things, and we practiced. That was a lot of fun, too. That was practicing. It was like, because our daughter, Catherine, she would untie her shoes all the time, and so we would practice tying shoes. And so anytime that she untied them, we just sit down, and we got our hands, and we practiced tie, tying shoes, and you do it Seven or eight times. It was just practicing what you did. If you didn't brush your teeth, guess what? You got to brush your teeth seven times because you didn't brush your teeth. Just practicing. And so it kept us from, from, from our blood pressure going up and, and it just, just helped out within the context of the family. But, but here's what's happened. I got, some, I got some bad news for all you young kids. Your kids are going to get older. They're going to get older. Here's what they look like when they get older. There you go. That's what they look like now. My son Jimmy's just about to graduate from college, and my daughter's a freshman in college. And, and so guess what? We're still trying to get them to do what we, we tell them to do. But it's different. As we talk here as a family and the things that we talk about, the, the, the things are bigger because we're talking about careers and jobs, and we're, and we're talking about money and, and a spending budget, and, and we're talking about sex, and we're talking about marriage. And, and the things that we talk about are, are seemingly huge compared to cleaning up your room. Oh, and oh by the way, those conversations still happen. But... It's all about parenting. Why? Why is this? Because at the end of the day, we want, we want our kids to do what we tell them to do. And as I began to think about that 22 years ago, I made a decision. I made a decision that, that more than anything else, I wanted, I knew that 
my son Jimmy when he was born and then later when Catherine was born. But I wanted more than anything else for my kid to know and see God's love. That's what I wanted. Okay, I'm a preacher. I'm sorry. I can't help it. But that's what I wanted more than anything else. More than anything else, I wanted my child to see God's love. And if you'll remember last week, Pastor Robbie shared a verse with us last week from from the book of of John, chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. If you don't have your Bible, a Bible, I encourage you to, to walk out to our resource center at the end of our service, and we'd like to give you one for free. But but Pastor Robbie shared a verse in the context of marriage. But also, it applies to the context of parenting. And Jesus said this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Man, this was so big as I I began to look at this and think about this, that, that, that not only did I want to show Jesus' love to my wife, Donna, but I wanted to show Jesus' love to my kids. Now, here's what I began to realize. That when I mess up, you know what Jesus does to me when I mess up? And I go and ask for forgiveness, you know what he does? He forgives me. Does he wait a long time? No. You know, when I make bad choices, you know what Jesus does? He picks me up. He helps me to move forward. Oh, yeah, he's going to discipline me at times. Absolutely. But he doesn't throw my mistakes back in my face. He doesn't berate me. He doesn't ridicule me. He doesn't make fun of me. He doesn't make me look stupid. That's the kind of love that Jesus has for me. And so I wanted to set out and show that kind of love for my kids so that, that my kid or my kids would understand and know what God's love looked like. And that was my ambition in life. And I set out to do that. Now, thank goodness I have a wonderful wife because they would have never learned how to clean up a room if it wouldn't have been for her. Or they would have never finished any homework if it wouldn't have been for her. And so we were a good team in this process. But I wanted my kids to know God's love more than anything else. And as I, as I, I begin to process that and think through that and think about what I could share with you today out of my own personal experience, I begin to search through the New Testament about parenting and, and what's there. And I'll be quite frank with you, there's not a whole lot about parenting. But there is a whole lot about how we as people are supposed to show and model to other people the example of God's love. So I want to encourage you, again, if you have your Bibles, to flip over to the book of Titus. Now let me tell you about Titus real quick. Titus is an elder in the church. And the founding pastor of that church is a guy named Paul. And Paul left Titus in control. He was in charge. He was the elder of the church. And so he, he did all, he had, there were certain instructions that Paul had for him that he shared with him. And he wrote this letter. And then this letter became part of the Bible. 
And so in this chapter two, chapter two, the whole context of chapter two is where uh, he's, he's showing Timothy, here's how you're supposed to treat young women and old women. Here's how you're supposed to treat older men and younger men. These are the things that you're supposed to do to influence people. And, and, and in verse, particularly verse seven, that verse itself encapsulates every principle within chapter two. And it says this, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. Man, he looked at the leader. He looked at the guy in charge. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to set them an example. I want you to show them. And, and, and quite frankly, I really resonated with this verse because I looked at it and said, yeah, man, that's exactly what I want to do with my kids. I wanted my kids to see Jesus. I wanted to set them an example of who Jesus is and what he does. I like this word in everything. You know, in everything is everything, right? I mean, isn't everything everything? So whether everything is really good or everything is really bad, I'm supposed to set an example, right? And if everything is really bad or if everything is mundane, you know, or if it's really exciting, but if everything is mundane, I'm still supposed to set them an example. Or if it's just a regular routine of the day, I'm supposed to set them an example, Right? Because it's everything. Well, I'm going to tell you, I got, I leveraged my time in the car with my kids. Leveraged it to the big time. Because we, we talked and I talked to them and, and that, was, that was really cool to hang out with my kids. And we t- I took them to ball practice. I took them to ballet practice. Okay, Donna did her fair share too. But when I had the kids in the car and Donna would do the same, I leveraged that time to, to talk with them and be with them. Because, yeah, that's a mundane time. What do you do? I didn't want to waste that time. Because here's the reality. Anybody got middle schoolers? Can I see your hand? Middle school. Anybody got middle schoolers? Awesome. Here's what I want to let you know. The minute that they entered the ninth grade, you had 200, you had 208 weekends left with them before they leave you. Congratulations. And if you've got a senior in high school, you're less than 50 right now. Now, I don't want to be morbid about that by any stretch of imagination, but I want to kick you into a little reality. You have X amount of time to impress and give an example to your kids. You better leverage every moment you have because one day they're going to grow up. I know. And it happens. And it's a great thing because I hope and pray that my kids are going to be able to do all that God wants them to do and be all that God wants them to be no matter what they do. And I hope they fully understand God's love. Set an example. There's a great verse in Proverbs that many of us may have heard. You may have heard, chain up your child in the way he should go. And, and then when they get old, they will not depart from it. Great translation. But I want, I want you to look at this other translation in Proverbs chapter 22, 6. It's in the NIV as I read it to you. It says, start children off in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, I want you to see what this says. Look real carefully at the screen or in your Bible. Start children off on the way they should go. Does it say make your kids perfect? Is that what that says? Does it say, parent, you you are personally responsible for the actions that your child takes? Does it say that? Mm -mm. 
No, it just says, hey, start your children off on the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. See, sometimes we think that, that if, if as a, our kids do the things that they do, that it's a direct reflection of who we are. And I want to tell you that's not necessarily true. Because my kids are adults, and guess what? They're making decisions that I got no control over. Just like I had, when I became an adult, I made decisions that my parents didn't have any control over. Did it reflect on them? Well, a piece of it did, but at the end of the day, that was my call. And so as a parent, it is our privilege and it is, God gives us the great privilege to, to set our kids the example so that they can learn how to be what God wants them to be. And what a great role. Now, I think setting an example is just like on-the-job training. It's really easy to learn something when you watch somebody do it, on-the-job training. I like on-the-job training. I guess maybe because I'm visual. If you're not visual, it may be a little bit more difficult. I'm a highly visual person. And so when I see somebody doing something, I can begin to mimic that and I can make that happen. But I got to spend more time than that in trying to set an example. You see, Jesus set an example to his followers. Remember our series several uh, months ago when we talked about follow? And, you, and, and, and Jesus said, hey, come follow. It doesn't matter where you're at in the spectrum. Just come follow. Come learn from me. Come hang with me. Come spend time with me. Now, we have, we have a record of some of Jesus' teachings. We don't have all his teachings, but we have a record of some of it. And we call that the, in, the, in the first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels. But not only did he model to his disciples for three years what it was like to be with him and who he was, but he also taught them. And so that same thing goes with modeling and and being an example. Yeah, we have to live that example, but we also have to teach that example. We also have to use words. You see, again, I go back to the decision I made 22 years ago. I wanted my kids to see God's love and to know what it is. I had to set that example. Now, before you, I was going to wait till later in the message. I just can't wait any longer. Sorry. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I want to let you know that. All right. I blew it. I messed it up. I did things that weren't right. I screamed at my kids. I disciplined them in anger sometimes. Sometimes I got really upset because of what they did, because of how it looked on me, not necessarily because of what they did. Hey, I'm a preacher. I live in a glass house. I'm not perfect. But this was my goal. This was my ambition. But then I I began to realize something else that, that that was missing because as, as I wanted my kids to, to see God's love as, as I tried to model that, I also wanted my kids to love God. 
See, there's a passage in, in, in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10. It'll be up on the screen. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. To love God with, with, with all. Leave this up on the screen just a minute. To love God with all of my heart. That, 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 that's my, my ambitions in life. The things that I want in life. The, the, the drive that I have. With, with all of my soul, that is all of my being, all of who I am within in the context of my skills and my talents and abilities, with all of my strength, with, with every ounce of everything that I do, and with all of my mind process, I want to love God. And I want that out of my kids. And that's the greatest commandment. What's the greatest thing that they could do in the world? They can love God with all their heart with all their soul, with all their strength, and with all their mind. And here's the realization that I had. If I wanted my kids to do that, then I needed to do that. Not just when I'm up on the stage preaching. Not just when I'm, you know, in the church doing the things that a preacher does. Oh, by the way, some of you don't know, I was an old school preacher, coat and tie. I got a bunch of suits in the closet. Got all kinds of ties. If you need an extra tie, I'll be glad to give you one. Got thousands of them. Okay. All right. So um, I know what that's at. Old school preacher. Matter of fact, I used to laugh at guys that dressed like this and stood up and preached. <laughs> but anyway, so I've changed a lot. But here's the deal. I had to be that person at home where you let your hair down and you be yourself. I recognized I had to be that person. If that's what I wanted my kids to do, I had to be that person. You see, here's something that I discovered along the way over the last 22 years. The question, you know, I was asked the question, how do I get the, my kids to do what I want them to do? I actually think there's a better question to ask. The better question is this. Am I modeling to my kids the person I want them to become? I think that's a question all of us have to answer. As a parent... If you're trying to influence somebody, you got a friend you're trying to influence, are you modeling what true friendship really is? You know, maybe you're a teacher in a school, are you modeling to your student what you want them to be? Maybe you're a grandparent, are you modeling that person? Man, I would love to sit here and tell you that I got perfect kids. I would love to do that. I would love to tell you that my kids were squeaky clean and they got it all right and they're doing the Jesus deal and they're making it happen and they are wonderful and they never get into trouble. I would love to tell you that. That's just not true. 
They make choices that I disagree with all the time. They do things that they do things. But you know what? As a parent of adult kids, I really hate to say it, but that's kind of on them. The question I have to answer is, am I modeling to them the person I want them to become? It's not about them, it's about me. And that's the key to parenting. That's what I want you to tell you right here. That is the key to parenting. Are you being the person that you want them to become? Because if you're not, then they'll never become that person. Are you allowing God to work in your life and transform you? The kids got to see that. They got to know that. They got to hear that. Day in and day out. You have X amount of days with your kids. Not that your kids are just going to leave you and say bye, but your kids are going to leave you and say bye one day. One day they're going to be under your roof. This was the most funniest thing in the world. So one day, I'll never forget this, Jimmy went to college. And, and the day he goes, the day before he goes, I tell him, son, you've got to be home at X, at X time. I don't know, if 11 o'clock. You've got to be home by 11 o'clock. And you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. And then the next day he's in college and I've got no control over him. <laughs> That's hilarious. I cried like a baby. I left my boy behind. And then I had to take my girl to college. Oh, my goodness. I cried coming down the mountain. Holy mackerel. It was hard. Of course, she came back home. She wanted some more. So, uh, so that's a good thing. <laughs> but my kids aren't perfect. And your kids aren't going to be perfect either. But at the end of the day, parents, that's not on you. What's on you is to model. Model the person you want them to become. That's what makes a strong family. Let's pray together. Father, you know, parenting is hard. It's very, very hard. And as parents, sometimes we, we get caught up right in the middle of it. I've been there and done that. But I pray you'll help us, God, to, to be the parents you want us to be. Not what we think is important, but what you think is important. And that somewhere along the way that we would change our question to ourselves. And that we would get really serious and ask the question, am I becoming the person I want my child to be?